is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As your host, Brandon Jamakos, Nick again, Dan on PTO. So, uh, just going to be us running it with a little update uh, as we continue the summer update series, Nick, of what's going on because life moves fast at Chelsea Football Club. If you don't take a second to look around, you may miss it. And uh, and that is, uh, that's where we are right now. There's a ton going on between outgoings and incomings and all sorts of stuff. Uh, we are we are here to give you your <laughs> your weekly update. Uh, we'll also be talking to Matt Law this week as well to get the journalist perspective on everything that's happening at Chelsea. And uh, and look, Brandon, they're doing a good job of keeping us busy. Your script is about nine hundred pages of articles and references and updates, and some updates just happened minutes before we jumped into this. So uh, so let's get started. Yeah, I uh, even as we are literally are about to record, the Koulibaly news was made official by the club. Of course, it was in the script. It was an assumed to be done, but now it is signed and sealed. So uh, it is moving quick. So again, we got a packed show for you to start the week. Uh, even though Chelsea's pace in the transfer market has led many kind of just wondering where we going. Uh, did you have buying a club on your transfer bingo card, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. But we do have a special about Racing Club de Strasbourg. Uh, as a uh, as as an update for midweek, we talked to esteemed journalist uh, Jonathan Johnson about everything to do with Strasbourg. Got the league on perspective. So uh, that that's coming up. We have a whole Nicholas Jackson uh, transfer special with CFC Central that you did. Uh, this weekend, I know we've been a little gun shy of releasing those <laughs> after uh, some haven't come to fruition, but we feel pretty good about that one and uh, and many other things, including your famous CFC episodes. It's a big week over here at London is Blue Podcast, closing out our 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 year in style. This is, uh, you know, season uh, season 10 starts July one. So uh, last last week of season nine. Feeling good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feeling feeling young and sprightly here. Um, obviously we want to thank all of you, uh, out there in our community, right? Uh, we can't thank you enough. Uh, essentially this wouldn't be possible without you. If you would like to support us, uh, and join an amazing, uh, smaller community of Chelsea supporters is through Patreon forward slash London blue pod. You can jump on there, um, and, and get it into the discord. There's also free ways to support us, including subscribing to the show via Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leaving those five-star reviews, which we've always asked about. Uh, but this is the time as new Chelsea fans are coming into the fold that it really makes an even bigger impact uh, to, to you know help other Chelsea fans find us. And then obviously YouTube. We, we've been doing a lot on YouTube, even getting producer Jake involved. I've been a big push behind it. We want to get over that 25,000 subscriber mark. So look, even if you don't watch us on YouTube because we post the pod there and you're already listening on audio, please go sub subscribe. Even if, again, a free way to support us, it would help us increase that subscriber count uh, because we're going to go from 25K to 30K is the goal, doing eventually be able to get some more content out on there. But Again, anything you can do to, to support us in a free way would help a lot. Uh, a way that we could support other people, Nick, this summer, pretty exciting. Damn right. We're, we're going on tour, guys. Everyone knows that. We tweeted out uh, the links uh, late last week to our event brights that are happening in Raleigh-Durham on the 18th of July. 
in uh, in Philadelphia on the 21st of July, in Atlanta on the 25th of July, and finally in D.C. on the 29th of July. Please go register. We've had a huge reaction uh, and a ton of signups for those uh, for those shows. We're capping them about 200 apiece. It's a loose number, but please help register and give us a, a better sense of who's coming. We would love to see all of you there. We're so pumped to do these the day before the show. Of course, we hope to have our journalist friends join us as they did on tour last year uh, and have a whole bunch of fun uh, in real time with everybody. Uh, we are so looking forward to this. The fact that we get to do this back-to-back summers is really incredible. Uh, we know the folks in Raleigh and in Philly and in Atlanta and in D.C. are pumped to see us. And we are excited to compliment uh, the work that Chelsea are going to be doing from an events perspective and uh, the work that each individual supporters club is doing uh, and in their specific host city uh, way to, to make this Chelsea experience really, really special for everyone this summer. So big shouts to uh, the Beltway Blues, the Philly Blues, the RDU Blues and the Georgia Blues for uh, for partnering with us and hosting us. They've been incredible to work with. Please, please, please go sign up for the Eventbrites, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in a few short weeks. Not not that long now. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, obviously, uh, we are super excited about that, but as we go ahead and move into what's going on this summer, um, we're going to start with the incomings, right? Because uh, Nicholas Jackson has all but been confirmed. David Ornstein here saying the deal has been completed. The medical has been completed. He will be moving from Villarreal to Chelsea. We're paying the release clause of slightly above 35 million euros. He's a 22-year-old Senegalese international forward. Scored 13 goals for Villarreal last season. Again, uh, CFC Central pod coming to break down everything about this. Don't you worry. Um, and, and Fabrizio... I think everything is cool until Fabrizio said, hey, it's going to be an eight-year deal. Eight years. I was talking to my friend Eric. He said, no, no, no. Apparently, there's a clause that you can, after June 30th, you no longer can sign these crazy eight-year deals or whatever. So, like, this is Chelsea sneaking this one in. This is why they (laughs) did the deal when they did. And, uh, wow, eight years really taking a piss take at everybody else. Um, But, look, Nick, he's a striker. We need goals. Um, it, he's young. Uh, him and Broya seem to kind of be the two strikers. Uh, I talked with Sam. He actually said he's more of a winger that's converting into a target man. Uh, tall, strong, good frame. It, it, it reminds us of Tammy Abraham, actually, a little bit. Just won a penalty uh, for Senegal against Brazil over the weekend, uh, which was incredible, or, or late last week, I should say. So, yeah, I mean... Look, I, I will let you and Sam do the full breakdown. Uh, I will say that some of his maps that the McGlockbot and Opta Anal- or Opta Analyst have put out are very encouraging on on kind of a per appearance basis and kind of where he fits uh, in in the kind of greater striker landscape. We know that striker is a uh, dead on requirement for Chelsea after we were. 10.5 or 11.5 goals uh, under XG uh, in terms of what we scored last year and how abysmal our forward line play was. Signing in Kunku, signing Jackson, hopefully all of these things are are trending us in a more positive, maybe outperforming XG uh, instead of underperforming XG uh, action uh, in the forward line play. And 
look, his his highlight tape is really, really interesting. He's scoring all sorts of different types of goals in the highlight tape. Uh, we know the Spanish league uh, is obviously different in terms of physicality than the Premier League is, and there will be an you know adaptation period that's required for a person like this to come into the Premier League and start banging the goals. But he's an exciting prospect. The fee is not that much. If it's amortized over even six years, it's it's really not that big of a financial hit to Chelsea. Uh, and it seems like a person, that, as we've learned more about, could be really exciting. I know that Matt wasn't too high on, on the prospect of this compared to someone like a Victor Osiman or something who is a little bit more locked on to score 20 goals, which is what I think Chelsea need to be competitive in the Premier League now. And I think it's a requisite that your striker has to score around 20 goals to be successful. Erling Holland just scored 190 million goals last year and look what happened to city. So if you, if you really want to be competitive, you need scores up front. Let's hope that this is a part of the overall evolution of the squad uh, and that we can uh, and be a little bit better in front of goal next year than we were this year. And mm-hmm. by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I put out a tweet said uh, 20 goals and assists from a striker would be amazing. Obviously, Premier League uh, goal leader was Kai Havertz with seven, which is is, is abysmal. Um, full breakdown, I promise you. I think you guys would be surprised uh, at the pros and cons with him. Uh, again, it kind of goes back to the strategy the owners, instead of splashing a hundred plus million like we did for Lukaku and it being, you know, boom or bust, I think they're trying to hedge their risk and buy three, four high promise players to see who who works out, which is a bit of a VC take if I've ever heard it. So uh, Nicholas Jackson, all but confirmed. The, another one that is confirmed is Christopher Nkunku. All right. Worst kept secret is a blue Nas saying six year contract. Uh, signed for about a 53 million pound deal. Uh, all good, good value for the top score in the Bundesliga, I'd say. Absolutely. The balloon memes and graphics are coming out in full <laughs> strength. Uh, even the club giving him a blue balloon uh, as well. Um, he, he had an absolute belter of a season. Uh, French attacker which, you know, he's got a great national team to play with as well, which is just another good thing, right? He's going to continuously be pushed, and and uh, his place there won't be guaranteed. I would say, Nick, the the fact that we got this done early is probably one of the best deals we did since Boley's gotten here because we probably couldn't have convinced him this summer, if I'm being honest. No Champions League. Um, you know, the club are a lot less attractive right now than we were six, eight, nine months ago. And so for them to get this pre-agreement done uh, is fantastic, right? Um, with Kai leaving, and Kunku kind of fills that 10 second striker role. He said to the Chelsea website, he prefers to be a striker, but he can play as an attacker. A lot of versatility in attack, no matter which way you break it. Most of the breakdowns and, of course, you know, listening to the multiple episodes that we put out um, between Tinkerman and uh, CFC Central specials and our own analysis says that he's mostly an eight and a ten. Um, and I think figuring out how the attack is going to work next year is going to be incredibly important. Right. Does he have the ability to be a winger? Does he have the ability to play in a number 10, depending on which you know sort of setup that Maurizio Pochettino wants to put into play? Is he going to be a connected eight, you know, in a more advanced role 
in a 4-3-3. It, it really depends on how Chelsea kind of finishes out the business. But I am pumped for this. I, I, I think this signing is incredible. Um, it's uh, a part of the every new sporting director gets one <laughs> policy. Then this was a really good one for Vivell to, uh, to help orchestrate. And uh, look, he, he seems like he has a dynamic personality, too. And his announcement video was awesome. Uh, and, and look, if he does anything near what he did in the Bundesliga and, and is able to contribute, you know, 18, 19, 20 goals in a season for Chelsea, plus, you know, we know that he is a, an assist maker as well and contributes in goal contributions in different ways. This is a really premier get for Chelsea and could remake the look of our attacking setup for the next four or five years. You know, he's not super young like the rest of the talent. It must be said, right? This is a, I think a 25 year old um, who, who is coming in, but you know, the fact that he is a little bit more advanced in his career and has come off of this incredible season in the Bundesliga. I know, you know, folks are a little gun shy of the Bundesliga right now. This is a different, cat altogether um and i'm really really excited to see him play for chelsea absolutely no no nothing to add there absolutely great um moises casado so from what you guys had right initial bid was rejected this was a week ago um we've now updated it with uh fabrizio from june 24 says no changes on casado deal chelsea expected to bid after outgoing and still feel in control of the situation no official negotiating ongoing yet but personal terms almost agreed so as we have kind of figured out very quickly it's all about the outgoings right now. And it's because of FFP. The more they can sell and bring in revenue from player sales before the end of the June month, right, which is the fiscal year of the football world, um, that will be a huge benefit towards FFP. So the transfer window doesn't open until July anyways. They put their focus on outgoings instead of incomings. The fact they said that they still feel in control of the situation is great. Sounds like Casado has said, hey, I'm still interested. Let's see what the project is. Ben Jacobs giving a little bit of clarity on the math here, Nick, uh, because everyone wants to say 100 million plus, like what a crazy new benchmark, right? Used to be 50 million. I think nine years ago when we started this podcast, uh, inflation has skyrocketed in the Premier League valuations. Uh, ben Jacobs thinks it's closer to uh, 70 plus 10. And Chelsea could find a way to even drop that down further. I think Brighton would be interested in quite a few uh, players from Chelsea. Obviously, Billy Gilmore going there most recently. Um, this is almost at this point. We thought Angola Conte be around. That is confirmed he's no longer there. This seems like an even bigger need now with without Angola Conte. Yeah, kind of referencing the midfielder episode that uh, CFC Central did a, a few weeks ago, and it's worth going back to, even though Manuel Goethe is not uh, coming to Chelsea and, in fact, is, is going to PSG. Um, if you can't get Declan Rice, which I'm I'm still mad about because I think he would be exactly what we need in this role, uh, and you can't get Ugarte, then this is the, the one you got to go get. Uh, if you're rebuilding your midfield... This is as close to N'Golo Conte as exists uh, within the football world. He's Premier League tested, uh, had an incredible end of the season for Brighton uh, under that uh, rapid uh, Roberto De Zerbi team. Uh, it's a lot of money for a guy who was, I think, bought for less than five million pounds by them last year. Uh, 
but uh, this is a player who I think we need to to get done. And and again, you start to factor in a young Caicedo, a young Enzo Fernandez, a lot of these young talents that are on the attacking side of the ball, Benoit Badiashiel, Levi Colwell. You know, again, the team is just you you imagine three or four years down the road how much of it's you know just absolute world football destroyer this team has the potential to be if you add someone like Caicedo who can do a lot of the intercepting, a lot of the dirty work in defense and would allow Enzo Fernandez to be the best version of himself, which I think is really what you're looking for in a compliment in midfield. This is the right guy to go get. And I am also gun shy about buying from Brighton <laughs> after last year. Right. But uh, for me, anyway, I think this is a, uh, it needs to get done. Uh, we lost Angola Conte. We lost Mateo Kovacic. Uh, rumors that Ruben's going. You know, the midfield's been decimated uh, from a transfer perspective, and we need to rebuild it. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Um, it, it's he. It just seems to see, and you go back to like Dimitri Chicago's McLockbot and the radars and things like that. He's he's a top player, and the fact that Chelsea are still able to you know, attract him in, you know, Manchester United allegedly looking, but you know, they've got Casemiro. So uh, whatever they'll, they'll figure it out. It, it seems, and it, Chelsea has a clear lane on this. Don't muck about, go for it. I think the ownership group and, and the leadership in that department are figuring things out. And I think that if you want to be serious, don't pull United, don't pull an arsenal, don't trickle money along and drag this out. If you're going to go for him, go for him. It's a serious need in the team. It's going to open up Enzo Fernandez to be more dynamic, more of a box to box. Uh, and if you think that we're going to play four, two, three, one, Nick, I think of this as like a, an Angola Conte Cesc Fabregas type midfield duo. Obviously Enzo's not the same passer, but it will just open Enzo up to be more dynamic. However, we switch it. So again, let's just try not to mess about because from every metric we've seen, uh, he's, he's, uh, high, high potential and he's proven in the Premier League. So, you know, you go from there and, and make it happen. When Chelsea have been successful in the Premier League, they have had a strong midfield period. End of story. Yeah. We need Absolutely. a strong midfield again. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously. Uh, a little bit of goalkeeper updates. Uh, nothing big here, right? But uh, there was some rumors that Onana had changed his agent, Fabrizio, saying on the 24th of June that that is not a thing. His agent remains the same, and he's continuing to take care of negotiations. His agent met with Manchester United earlier this week. Chelsea have asked about Onana two weeks ago. Inter want at least 50 million euros plus add-ons. Nick, we've been going back and forth with Ollie in the group chat on this. Like, there's so much overlap between Inter and Chelsea this summer. Um, there's no reason multitude of transfers can't get done between these clubs. Here, here are just a few of the names. Koulibaly, who we know is off the board, we'll talk about in part two. Uh, Romelu Lukaku, ever heard of him? Uh, Cesar Espilicueta, ever heard of him? Trev Chalaba, ever heard of him? Uh, 50 million plus add-ons is nothing in this market go get it done period he's a great goalkeeper uh there were rumors yesterday of diogo costa uh from from porto uh who chelsea are looking at 75 million euros uh they believe that that costa will be not not diego diogo uh will be a part of the uh you know the best goalkeeper crop in europe in the next few years 
if you gave me the choice between Onana or uh, Costa today, it's Onana. It's not necessarily close. If you look at their maps, if you look at their radars, if you look at their shot stopping ability, Onana is more experienced. We need someone who's going to be a general back there again. Uh, and if you are able to go secure either one of those two goalkeepers, I wouldn't complain about Costa, but it, you know, it, it would seem like this is the more cost effective option with all of the potential for business to be done between the clubs inter need to sell players. It is clear that they are not financially in a good spot. And so, you know, Chelsea have the ability to do something here if they, if they do want to, but I understand if they're maybe like, a little pissed off that Inter don't want to pay anything for our players. <laughs> so that that would be my only coverage here. If, if you're able to get someone like Onana, and I think it would be a phenomenal transfer. Yeah, well, uh, we'll continue to keep on that. It's gone a little bit quiet, especially with mine on, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of ability to make something happen. I would even say between Inter and AC Milan, right? There's a lot of overlap between those two clubs and who they want from Chelsea. All right, the last one we have here is another confirmation is uh, – Dwan Whisper Richards, uh, officially signed. One for the future. He's not even 18 yet. Uh, Jamaican. Um, he plays with the uh, Phoenix All-Stars. Uh, he will join when he turns 18. So, again, um, one for the future. Uh, Neil Bath and company continuing to bring in pipeline to the academy and the dev squad. Uh, this is what we saw last summer with Cassidy, uh, Omari Hutchinson, um, uh, Andre uh, Santos, Gaga Slonina, right? Um, yep. this is the first of what we'd expect as many to continue to come in. So I'm not gonna pretend I know much about him. Uh, we're just gonna uh, announce it and say, done deal. Like to see it. I'll probably ask Phil about it. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take our first ad break when we get back uh, a lot on who is leaving slash has left. So thank you to sponsors and we'll bear it back. Bird dogs make you look good. That's right, bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restrictive cotton. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So look, I've got a pair. Dan's got a pair. Nick's got a pair. We actually love them. But not only do you get bird dogs right now, if you buy you get a free tumbler. That's right. You get a free Yeti tumbler. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com forward slash pool, P-O-O-L. Enter the promo code P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, so squad clear out uh, official Angola Conte. Uh, it, it was officialized. Uh, you know, we've talked about it. Huge bummer. We thought we had the extension done, drug their feet on it, but the Saudi Arabia Pro League coming in hard. Uh, they were able to snap him up on a free, pay him a ton of money, and uh, the club put out, I think, 12 or more pieces of content on the website alone, Nick, about Angolo Conte. Yeah, I, this this broke my heart, as you might expect. You know, he is he's just my favorite player, I think, ever at Chelsea. Um, I think he I think he eclipsed uh, eclipsed Sen just for his his time at the club um, for me, and that that may break Tweed's heart because I know Joe and I were pretty aligned on some of our favorite players ever to play for Chelsea, but. 
I just I think he is he is the best footballer I've ever seen live. Uh, his performance in the Champions League final is something that we will never fucking forget. Um, and you know, I, I wish him the best in everything that he does. You know, I, I truly hope when they start building a bunch of statues at the new Stanford Bridge. Uh, that he is among them and that he is, uh, you know, there with a big old smile on his face because uh, he, I think, enters into the legend conversation for, for what he's accomplished. He, he completed world football or club football, right, at, in his time at Chelsea, won everything there was to win and uh, just incredibly grateful for his service to the club. All right. Well, we got to move on. The other one is that K2 Kaladu Kulabali has officially joined uh, the Saudi Pro League as well. Uh, he completed his move to Alilal FC. I, look, this was coming, especially when uh, you get the reports. When players don't try to hide that they're in an airport or they're in another country or city, you know that it's essentially done at that point, Nick. And in full respect to Kaladu, he just joined last summer. Um, is probably a bit of a, you know, a long time coming with the Napoli interest in, in Kaladu Koulibaly. A lot of us were excited about it. Um, I, I don't blame, I don't think he had a bad first season. I don't blame a lot of players that came in this season because of how bad it was overall. But with Levi Colwell coming back from Brighton, with Benoit Batishil, you know, we were just talking with Andrew and in, in, um, in the group chat, and it's, there's no hard feelings here. If it works for him, he continues to get paid. It opens up the pathway for Levi. There's no more concern for him. I do think it's kind of a win-win, and I don't think we should look back at Kaladu's time at Chelsea, albeit really short, with any negativity or like kind of ill will. No, I think the only regret is uh, something that Oli Glanville said a while ago, which is that we didn't get him about six years earlier because it's clear that he's a massively talented center back maybe we caught him at just the exact wrong time. Um, again, his appearances, 33 appearances, you know, really solid. A couple of goals in there, right? And uh, a guy who, by all uh, reporting, is is a really nice guy, incredible leader. Um, I think if it, it simply came down to how do you fit Levi Colwell's pathway in, then, then this is a move that, that has to be made. And uh, we definitely wish him the best as he em embarks on the new journey. Yeah, without a doubt. So um, that's kind of our perspective. Um, I, I, Important I, to get those wages off the books too. I mean, that's, like, that's it. It's the, a big one. The one thing that you could claim the owners didn't do a good job of is they overpaid on wages, I would say. Uh, probably overpaid on Cucurella, but they were cutting their teeth. So to move the 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 wages, I think he's around two hundred thousand a week, is going to be key, and it's just going to open up flexibility for Potch and team to bring in different players. So again, good on him for earning that, right? Good on him for getting that deal done. Uh, but I would say this is probably as mutually beneficial as as we could see here um, with it. And you know, best of luck. Hope it's an, an incredible experience. Two more that are all but confirmed. Uh, Fabrizio, uh, let's see, on June 24th, saying Kai Havertz and Mateo Kovacic's deal will be confirmed in the next days as finally all documents have been checked. It's done. Havertz to undergo medical in the next hours, joins Arsenal for 65 million pounds. Kovacic already completed medical tests, joins City for 25 million plus 5 million pounds. Uh, we can start with Kai. Um, 
he is going to go to Arsenal. I I don't know. Like it's annoying. But can we really be that upset as Chelsea fans when we've been frustrated at the lack of production we've got from him? I think there's just concern that he's going to go to Arsenal and do well, right? I think that's the fear more than anything. Yeah, I was really hoping that Bayern would would swoop him up, you know, if, if he was indeed on the on the market because you just don't like selling to rivals at all. You know, it's 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 why the Mason Mount thing is, has become such an issue as well, but. Um, but it's a decent fee. I think we paid 80, 70 mil- 80 million euros. So let me so see if I can do the conversion. 72 million pounds, 73 million pounds, some somewhere in there. So if you think about the way that we have amortized his wages, the fact that he's won Champions League at Chelsea and yeah, the, the production just wasn't wasn't great. He's never been played in his preferred kind of eight stroke 10 position, or at least not very often. I think there was a little spell under Potter where he was kind of that deeper line playmaker where he, he started to look good. I think he's a player that you have to build your team around. Right. And it, it just seems that Chelsea were not willing to, to necessarily do that with him. Uh, there's always going to be a what if with Kai Havertz that he turns into the 25 goals, 10 assists type of playmaker that dominates world football. Uh, the fact that Real Madrid were reportedly in for him shows that there is still interest in world football. I am intrigued to see what happens at Arsenal uh, and whether he fits that system or not. Obviously, they have European football to play next year. Um, it'll be interesting, but yeah, I think there was a, a growing fan for, you know, frustration with some of his play this year that extended not only to him, but to uh, many other players as well, as, as you mentioned. And so, you know, it's a, it's a decent fee, um, uh, for that and we'll see what happens. But uh, I think we need an out and out goal scorer within our team. We have yep. a lot of eights and tens already within the squad, and so maybe they just viewed that this was surplus to requirements and they could get a decent fee for him. It's essentially the same amount, right? Uh, I looked at it, it was like 69 pounds. I'm sure there's add-ons and things, whatever. So you're essentially getting your money back on him. Uh, this is a great opportunity for me to take a shot at Arteta for being a bit of a clown. Uh, Fabrizio <laughs> tweeted this, is Arteta on Declan Rice deal. Quote, sorry, but I can't speak about players who are not at the club. I prefer not to comment, end quote. Asked about Kai Havertz, quote, Havertz, he's talented, versatile player, and only 24. Talent has price. He has already shown a lot, including a UCL, end quote. Thanks, idiot. Like, congratulations. Uh, This is the world we live in. It is what it is, but it just shows you, if anything, Nick, that they are way closer to Havertz than Declan. That's what I would say. Clearly, there's an agreement, so he feels like he's allowed to talk about Kai, whereas Declan, he ain't got shit, so he's got to tighten it up. Um, in, in that one, Kovacic is the second part of this one. Um, no surprise here. Probably not a lot of heartburn from Chelsea fans. We enjoyed our time together. Probably didn't achieve as high of a ceiling as we wanted to. He's going to slot in, be a squad player for city. Um, it's going to be comfortable for him. It's, it makes sense. 25 plus five is, are the, the numbers being thrown around. Um, so the, we need to rebuild our midfield. Kovacic hasn't been healthy. So to me, this is mutually beneficial. Definitely. I, I look at this 
as another potential thing, right? Like, I think there were some incredible highs within Kovacic's tenure. The fact that he did that loan and then we were able to sign him under the transfer ban back in, in 2019 uh, was incredible. Um, you know, the fact that at times he was our best midfielder that included N'Golo Kante, um, you know, that he really did show that he could command a midfield um, during his time at Chelsea, but he, he's just too injury prone, uh, I think, for the club to rely on on that moving forward. And then, you know, in addition to the overall uh, health issues, um, you know, I think Chelsea are just looking to rebuild in a different way, probably played a bit of a different structure. You know, there was some analysis done that, um, you know, he had some qualities akin to Musa Dembele when when Poch was at Spurs in terms of his ball carrying and and some of his distribution. But uh, it looks like Poch will have to uh, figure that out in a bit of a different way with different players. So, again, wish him well. Huge part of that Champions League winning squad. Um, just just not available as much as we would have hoped. 100%. Uh, we will actually make quite a bit of money off of uh, this one. Just, you know, like I said, Kai is pretty much a break even. Um, actually, I think we'll actually come ahead on Kai as well because we amortize those wages or the, his loan amount. Same thing, um, you know, with Mateo Kovacic, we paid uh, 38 million pounds, uh, I think, for him. And that was in 2019. So four years later, that's essentially gone and we're getting money on top of him. So uh, wages off the book and straight profit as well. So uh, as far as like FFP and clearing out and giving um, Pochettino a chance to build the roster with some flexibility, to your point, Nick, it's like, yeah, you can have Kovacic towards the end of his career, some injury prone, or maybe Poch wants to bring someone in who fits a role like that, who's maybe younger and a little bit more uh, versatility is what they're doing. So we'll see. All right, some of the ones that are essentially hot on um, the transfer out is continuing in the Saudi league. So Fabrizio said that, uh, and this is on the 25th of June, uh, after Kaladu Koulibaly deal signed and completed with medical tests included, Edwa Mendy will be next to travel to Saudi. Can we not do these together? Can like, Do we not like charter a flight of a few players? Because the next one is Ziyech, who the, the tweet here from Fab is, uh, after medical completed for Koulibaly and scheduled for Monday for Edu, Hakim Ziyech will also complete his move. So apparently Tuesday? <laughs> Like, can we not do these together? We're just doing one at a time. Whatever is what it is. Uh, low fee for Mendy. Uh, again, I think he's kind of like Koulibaly. Do you want to sell him? Maybe no. But if you can get a fee for him versus uh, you can't get a fee for Keppa, you just have to take the opportunity to move a player so you can bring someone in that kind of fits the mold better. Yeah, again, this is one that we send with with really kind regards, right? Um, yeah, I was, I'm actually surprised there's not more European interest in in both Ziyech and um, and and Mendy. Frankly, um, you know, I, I know that they're maybe a, a, up there in age, you know, for for prime purposes. But you know, Mendy was the world's best goalkeeper two years ago, right? So I'm I'm kind of surprised that he didn't land somewhere in France or somewhere in Italy. To, to be quite honest with you, I'm sure that those leagues could not compete with the wages that the Saudi league is offering, which are, are reportedly insane uh, for players, both of N'Golo Conte's level and, and uh, Mendy's level. But 
you know, obviously wish him the best. He contributed to one of the best nights of our entire lives and uh, was incredible uh, in his first season with the club. Obviously went through a bit of a rough patch over the last couple of seasons, but um, yeah, wish wish him the best because, you know, again, I, I just... I, I remember and I will always remember him and his family up on the stage in Porto and how they're all seven foot nine and above. Um, they're, they're just a family of trees and it's lovely to see them get to share that moment together. So, beautiful. yeah, for, for sure. I mean, the, the highs with, with Edu are, are unbelievable. And that champions league run was super special. Look, he's had injuries. He barely played last season. So, uh, unfortunate, hopefully he can, you know, settle in and find a home. And this is the same thing with Ziyech. Um, he's headed to, uh, Al Nasser, um, Mendy going to Al Ali, uh, Koulibaly went to Al Ali, Al Ali Lal. It, it definitely sounds like they're, they're not even going to be like teammates and things like that, but they're really putting like top players on different teams to grow this league, which we know. And, um, uh, you know, one way or another, Ziyech had to go, right? Like with the the drama, with PSG loan and not happening, uh, this is where we're at. Mutually beneficial. It's probably not a lot to say about it. He hasn't hit the heights we thought. Again, Chelsea have been up and down through that time. Shake hands, move on. Handful of incredible goals at Chelsea. Um, still played, even though he didn't get his move. Um you know, again, I, I won't pretend that it's the same level as, as a Mendy or a Koulibaly or any of the other outgoings. But, um, yeah, definitely wish him the best for his future. I, I think we all felt for him when the move didn't happen in January. That, that was a big bummer um, for, for all parties. So glad to see that he's getting his move now. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a little bit of a weird one. Not official, but there's definitely some rumors warming up on Aspilicueta, which makes sense. Malagusto officially coming in. Him and Reese James on the right side. Fofana at right center back or just a center back. Uh, he was rumored to be leaving last summer. Kept him on for one more year. I think that was the right call. Two now, year deal. Correct. Um, kept him on. I guess in my mind, I was thinking it was for a year in practicality to, yep. you know, to protect the asset. Well, apparently we're going to rip up his contract and let him leave on a free and go to Inter Milan. Like, as we talked about earlier, Nick, we cannot do this. I, I, in my opinion, I love Aspie. You let him go where he wants. You can negotiate low. But with the overlap between Inter Milan and Chelsea, there's no reason to do this. Uh, no. Fab saying uh, Aspie Laqueta just waiting for Chelsea to give the green light to mutually terminate his contract. It's the final step to let him leave the club immediately. It's up to Chelsea. Inter have agreed personal terms with Aspie on a two-year deal waiting to sign soon. Yeah, it's it's nonsense to give Inter something when they have given us nothing but headaches. Um, you know, I'm kind of of the um, interpretation that Unless Inter have given Chelsea the green light to sign Onana at, at a price where they deem suitable, and if it is that reported fifty million plus euro price, like that's very doable for a club like Chelsea, then you don't give them shit. <laughs> like they are a club that have have contained. I mean, the, the Lukaku thing I'll never forgive. Um, absolutely insane deal that we did with them. So. We uh we should not give them anything until they are ready to reciprocate and uh 
and and maybe they will. Maybe they will give us the green light, sign Onana, and and all this will be um, kind of water under the bridge. But can't can't do it with uh, with a club legend like ISP. I'd I'd rather him go anywhere else right now, to be honest. Mason Mount, look, there's a little bit of uh, of scramble right at the end of the week. There's been a ton of content on this one, Nick. Um, long story short, Man United, quote unquote, put in a final bid of 55. They started with 40 million last week when you guys had talked. Chelsea were closer to 70. Then it came out. Chelsea were actually open to 58 plus some more, right? Like they weren't that far off. But no, they said United will not overpay in this one. Yada, yada, back and forth. Ben Jacobs saying, actually, you know, Mount doesn't even have an active contract offer to sign or stay if he, you know, at this point. So there's nothing on Chelsea's side. Then we're also hearing that United actually haven't left the negotiating table. And the hilarious leaked or brief to the media, Nick, was, oh, forget Mason Mount. We're going after Caicedo. And it's like, really? You're going to drop a cam for a CDM? And no one believes this. This was the worst briefing known to man. And Caicedo's more than Mason. So um, we all just sit in a shit stew right now around Mason Mount. And it just seems to not getting any better. My big problem is the divide of Mason wants to leave, so let him leave. Versus, no, Mason doesn't want to leave. He just hasn't gotten to the agreement he wants with Chelsea. And I think that's probably where the biggest kind of heartache is. I'm seeing uh, Olivia Buzaglo going through and replying to tweets, like fighting the good fight for Mason, being like, he doesn't want to leave. The club just actually haven't even offered him anything since like late January, mid-February. Yeah, it's incredibly clear that this is a PR battle right now, not an actual transfer saga. Um, It's fucking annoying because I can't believe that a guy who has grown up through Chelsea would tell the club to fuck off. We know through reporting that the club have uh, gone an interesting direction, I should say, on how they have teed up his transfer. It was one of the premises in which they came into the club on was renewing Mason, renewing Reese. They got Reese done in October. They didn't get Mason done for whatever fucking reason. We know that Mace has added uh, some uh, different uh, representation along the way. Uh, We know that Chelsea have hired new sporting directors along the way. We know that each side is briefing the hell out of the press and using them as useful tools in this saga. Uh, My preference is still for Mason Mount to play for Chelsea. I think you absolutely cannot sell him for anything less than 75 million pounds. And if United aren't willing to go there, then you don't fucking sell him. I'd rather keep him for a year and have him play as a part of this squad where the midfield has been completely ripped out of the team, by the way, uh, than have this terrible transfer go through to United who are just trying to take advantage of Chelsea. Um, at the same time that Chelsea just sold Kai Havertz to Arsenal uh, for 65 million pounds. It's, it's all a fucking mess, to be honest with you. You you have people who are talking to Mason on a day-to-day basis, which we don't claim to be, um, who are briefing one thing. You have people briefing other shit. It's it's a fucking disaster. Um, I, there are a bunch of people in my DMs who are like, fuck him. I don't... He doesn't want to be here. Let him go. Has he said that? 
I don't think so. So everyone just needs to calm the fuck down, to be honest on this one. It, it really bothers me. Um, either evaluation will be met or it won't. But, but the club are in total control here on what they want to do. And if they screw this up, if they really do sell to United for less than 60 million pounds, it's, it's going to be a ton of blowback from a ton of fans. So I just... I hope that this ends amicably. I hope that there is common sense that returns to the to the forefront on this, and that uh, there is a a pathway. But it has been just a disaster end of the week on this one. No doubt about that. Um, Pulisic is being um, what's the word? They're like chasing after him, Leon. Right? They are trying to show. Immense amount of interest. Um, they said, you know, he is top of their list. Um, once, once to build the club around him. He had a phenomenal Nations League, was player of the tournament. I was impressed, Nick, at how good Christian looked with the men's national team after not having really played much at all this season. Um, but don't ever bet against a player uh, out of contract or looking for a new home. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very accurate. Um, yeah, the the rumor is Leon because we have they have an American owner and John Texter now. I was just like, Leon kind of feels like a, a no friend, uh, offense to to any French football fans who are listening to this, but go from, going from Dortmund to Chelsea to Leon feels odd in terms of career trajectory. Um, Milan feels a lot more natural as a destination, but you know we know that. You know, AC Milan is going through their own nonsense with their club structure and, you know, uh, firing Maldini and, and some of his his influence in the club. So I, I don't really know what's going to happen here for Christian. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on him being with Chelsea this summer, but Leon just feels odd. I don't know why. It's I mean, they're not as big of a club like they're not as big of a league, but of course, they're going to make their shot. I would say we're not hearing a lot about Christian right now because, again, um, I think I think it's early. I think you know he's not the top of the list to move, and so you're probably going to hear more in July about this. But we'll just kind of keep keep an eye out and see. Uh, Naz said that Ethan Ampadu, uh, the club have set his price at 12 million pounds. Um, so if there are suitors, they are opening the door to to offers. Uh, reminder: The Exeter City, where he came from, will get twenty percent of any profit, which would be about two million, kind of in in this region. So, um, I, again, we we we've had to play the same game of could Ampadu come into this team based on the gaps and the weaknesses and do a job. He's had two rough loans, as, as Phil and I talked about in the in the latest Cobham Crew, uh, because they've been two relegation battled teams. He hasn't actually been able to be a center mid and go show his creativity. Uh, he's been locking down defenses, uh, you know, fighting for their lives. So uh, with this one, it's just, you know, nothing's really worked out. Not a lot wrong done by the player. Chelsea are saying, hey, he's a sellable asset. If anyone's interested in making an offer, we're open to listening to it. And I bet he'd be open to hearing about potential opportunities as well. So, I mean, not much there, but uh, the door's open officially. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anyone walks through it, though. I, I could see him still being a part of the summer experiment and i think based on you know the fact that we did lose Angola, that we're losing you know kovacic that we've lost virginio and you think about the midfield shakeup even with you know, potential amount leaving 
there's a lot of space in that midfield right now for someone to to participate, and so we'll uh, we'll have to see. I mean, the asking price is not incredibly high, so it's entirely possible that someone will come in for him. But um, let's let's keep an eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, last break when we get back. One quick update going on this summer at Stanford Bridge. Thank you to sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, uh, just the last little update about the club. We haven't heard anything more about the front of kit sponsor, Nick. It sounds like that has been put on hold, thankfully. Uh, But what has been announced is the Ukraine charity match, which is scheduled for August 5th at Stamford Bridge. Ben Jacobs, given the breakdown here, just says, uh, the game for Ukraine at Stamford Bridge, you've got Team Shevchenko and Team Zinchenko, and peep the manager on Team Shevchenko. Who is it? Is it someone that we know, uh, know and like? Is it Emma Hayes, for example, uh, who's who's just doing everything? She's doing soccer aid this summer. She's won everything there is to win, minus the Champions League on the women's side. She's amazing. Uh, but this is an incredible cause. Obviously, I think tied to the the sale of Chelsea um, last summer and and all the efforts going on in, in Ukraine right now to help. Uh, the Ukrainians kind of win the the war that was thrust at their at their doorstep, and so uh, really excited to, that this is happening. It's it's the weekend before the Premier League starts too, so it'll be a nice little uh, warm up. But some really really talented players, and I mean, you got to list off the lineups here. I mean, this is pretty intense. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah, Team Shevchenko you got Mudrik, uh, Zola, Carvalho. Tony, Dida, Otto, Cudicini, Gallus, Makalele, Eto, Essien, Canavaro, Seydorf. Stacked team. And then teams in Chenko, which is managed by Wenger, which makes sense. Arsenal connection there. Uh, Lehman, Lescott, Berger, Perez, Murtisacker, Risa. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be happy to be back at Sanford Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Keane, Valencia, Vieira, Morgan, Wilshire, Sonia, Davids, uh, Arveladze, this this will be good. Uh, as Ben clarified, the match will raise funds for the reconstruction of the Mikhailo uh, Kutsiobinsky Lyceum in Cherniv Oblast, a school struck by missiles. And tickets can be purchased on the Chelsea website uh, as well. So um, very cool that Chelsea get to, um, I guess, host this match. Amazing stars, uh, a lot of connections to Chelsea. It'll be good to see a lot of those heroes back at the bridge. Uh, with Emma frickin' Hayes on the touchline uh, managing this group of players. Should be awesome, and obviously for an amazing cause. Yeah, let's hope that Mudrick's lim- minutes are limited in this game, obviously, as he goes into a full season with Chelsea. But, uh, yeah, very excited about this, and and a huge shout-out to everyone involved to to make this happen. Obviously, um, you know, our, Ukraine can maybe be on the back burner in some of our daily thoughts, but there is still a huge war being fought there. Um, tons of updates uh, this weekend with with a lot of things in Russia as well. But um, massive shouts to Chelsea for putting this on. And, and yeah, let's rebuild that school. All right. Well, look, if we missed anything, let us know on socials. There's so much going on. It's hard to cover everything. 
Um, but uh, we're doing our best. So like I said, if there's other stories you want to hear about, tweet at us, right? Drop a comment on Instagram. Uh, if you're in the Discord, uh, tag Nick. He's in there all the time looking around. And uh, we'll make sure to cover it on next week's weekly update because these summer updates are probably going to have to become bi-weekly. And once the July 1st transfer window opens, it's going to be a lot of moving. But uh, hey, we got a full lineup of pods this week and get the Nicholas Jackson one, like we said, uh, the Strasburg episode, as well as another famous CFC. And who knows what else? Matt Law update. It is nonstop. Uh, as we continue the journey. So anyways, hope you've enjoyed it. Five-star reviews, YouTube subscription. Please help us out. We'd really appreciate it. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.